You're listening to the Faith Unpacked Podcast. Welcome back to the Faith Unpacked Podcast with Jason and Jamie. This is episode 240. And today I am going to be talking about the value of women certainly from a church perspective and this is not this is not specific to the role of women in church leadership uh Jason and I have covered that topic a couple times most recently back if you go back to episode uh, 151 you can listen to that and hear uh, God's word as it relates to that particular topic but in this context, I really want to focus more on the question of value because one of the misnomers that we hear all the time from an egalitarian perspective is that if you hold a traditional biblical view of of God's design uh, for men and women, you actually devalue women. And, you know, that's somehow part of the gentrification or the, the you know, male domination of women and blah, 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 blah. And you hear these arguments, you know, from feminists in our culture today. Obviously, if women have any sort of role or, or gender-specific value, that that means, you know, that they have no value at all or they're less than or they're not, you know, significantly equal to men or, you know, any any of these other arguments. And then to to make it worse in the context of the church, egalitarian folks have come along arguing all kinds of things about the mistreatment of women or the devaluation of women that, you know, if we believe in any sort of gender norms, then then that is negative uh, towards women or devaluing of women or, you know, something to that end. And you hear these arguments all the time and in different ways. And one of the things it really does do that I think, you know, we don't think about a whole lot is it really does devalue things that women have done historically for Ever in the life of the church and have loved doing forever in the life of the church. And it really kind of wipes away, I think, to a large degree, so much of the value that women bring to the table in this mindset. And I, and I would argue egalitarianism, largely, it, it seeks to come to a place where men and women are completely the same, right? Where there's no distinction, there's no delineation between them. And obviously that's not true of all egalitarian folks. There are some certainly that still recognize the beauty of God's design that that men and women are different. They are created in the image of God equally. They have equal value in their identity, in their personhood, and yet they aren't the same, right? Men are, are men and women are women, and that's a by and large good thing in the life of the church. They just dispute, you know, whether there should be any difference or distinction between um, women and men when it comes to teaching roles or, you know, offices or positions or any of that kind of thing. And 
that's a much more biblical position. But I would argue the vast majority of egalitarian thought is to really break down any sort of difference between men and women. And it really does very much line up with feminism and our culture overall, which is really seeking to demasculinize men and to defeminize women and to masculate women and to feminize men until you have this just grueling um, androgyny in the center where men are not men and women are not women and men are not women and women are not men and, and you really essentially gender completely disappears altogether. And I think that's ultimately the goal, right? It's, it's being driven, I'd say, probably by and large by the transgender ideology or ideology, but more honest than that is to just recognize that literally all of this stuff comes from the sexual revolution and the perversion of God's good design and the ultimately, I would argue from a philosophical and theological perspective, it all goes back to Satan's battle with God where he wants to get God out of everything that God is. And since men and women are made in the Imago Dei, in the image of God, that means you have to get rid of masculinity and femininity. You got to get rid of maleness and femaleness. You have to get rid of all of that. And I want to just speak in this episode to any female listeners who are listening to this podcast, because I want you to really understand that the Bible has an incredibly radical view of the value of women. And that's a good thing. And that's a beautiful thing. And I know we've argued this in relationship to the the natural roles of men and women in church leadership. And we've also argued this in, in terms of marriage. But there's still kind of that open question that like, well, women don't then really do anything in the life of the church except to help with the the care of children or the teaching of children or that kind of thing. And then they really have no role in the greater body life. They really aren't valuable or necessary. And that is just tacitly false. I mean, I really do believe, honestly, that that is just an invention. People made it up to further push their egalitarian ends. This idea that women have no value in the greater body life of the church Uh, overall, as if to say, oh, if you don't believe in women pastors or women preaching or teaching in corporate, you know, in the corporate body, um, then women have no value at all. They have no place at all. They have no purpose at all. And it's like, that is such a myopic view of the the church. And, And it also is literally nonsensical Because here's the reality. Only one person in a church preaches on a a given Sunday, right? Only one man typically preaches on any given Sunday in a, we'll we'll say, a a complementarian church. Okay, because we recognize in egalitarian churches, women do preach. But we're talking from a biblical perspective. The Bible is very clear on this, that God charged men to be the spiritual leaders in the life of the church. And again, you know, if you want to get into that argument, go listen to the episodes that we've done on that topic. 
I'm not really going to spend my time on that here. But that is God's good design. And so, but there's only one person that can preach on a given Sunday. There's only one person who preaches, you know, the the vast majority of the time. Um, the the senior pastor or the lead teaching pastor or the preaching pastor or the preaching elder, you know, whatever you want to call it. Generally speaking, there's one guy who does the lion's share of all the preaching in the context of corporate worship in a given church. And nobody would argue that that then means that all the other men in the church are completely useless and completely unnecessary or have no value or worth or bring anything to the body except that one guy because he's the only one that teaches. And that's that's basically what they're doing to women when they say that, oh, if women are not teaching and preaching and being the pastors and elders, then they have no value, they have no purpose, they have no involvement in in the body life. And and I think that's just 100% nonsense. I mean, it's it's utter nonsense. And when you flush it out on the male side, people would go, well, of course, we're not going to say that. That's that's stupid. That's ridiculous. And and yet, that's how we behave, right? That's how we act so often. And that's how people attitudes are. And you just go, that's just sheer nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Because first of all, women are given incredible influence in the life of the church. Women have incredible influence, obviously, in the lives of their husband and their children, and even greater than that in in the the bigger body life as a whole. And that's 100% true. And you see this played out so many times in so many places in scripture. Obviously, the easiest examples are in the book of Proverbs, where obviously you have the Proverbs 31 woman. And yes, everybody points to that. And it's like, oh, she's such a good homemaker. She's so amazing. She's so, you know, at being the good little wife or whatever. And people even to some degree mock it, right? But remember that text starts out, that that piece of it starts out with an excellent wife who can find her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. Okay, that is a profound statement. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will lack no good thing. And then, of course, later on, you see that she's being praised and she brings praise to her husband by her character, by her attitude, by her actions, by her godliness in the public square as well. So not only does her husband praise her, but she brings praise to her husband because of her very character and conduct. And that has profound effect on the husband as well. And you don't just see that there. You see that that women have this amazing influence on everything. I mean, look at Proverbs 14, verse 1. It says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. Now, this, this verse is not speaking of a woman's ability to be a contractor or to do construction, right? To build up or to tear down. That's not specifically 
his given point here. His point is to say that women have this profound influence on the body life. In this particular context, it's the home, the home life, but it's not exclusive to just the home life. That women have unbelievable influence in the life of the home and even in the greater community and even in the church. And that is a beautiful power that God has only given to women. Men do not have the ability or the gifting by God to build up in the same way. Men don't have the ability to to inspire, to, to draw people to the truth of God in that inspirational way, right? A man talking to a man can encourage, yes. A man talking to a man can build up, yes. A man talking to a man can instruct in God's truth, yes. All of that's true. But women have this inspirational ability, and this has been recognized forever, right? This is not just a concept that's in Scripture. It's a concept you find everywhere, I mean, you hear the expression behind every good man is a good woman, right? Or behind every successful man is a good woman. You, you hear any number of versions of this expression, obviously, uh, throughout the centuries. And, and there's so much truth in it. But with that comes the responsibility that not only do women have the ability to inspire and to encourage and to build up. And I will say, as a man, there is nothing more powerful than the encouragement of women. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, attractive women or women that you would see as a potential spouse or anything like that. That's not what I mean. I'm not talking about an attraction here. I'm saying women have this profound and powerful ability that their encouragement has just this massive effect on the male heart. And this is very true. I mean, if you don't believe me, go ask any man you know. Go ask them. You know, they can get the encouragement or compliments of men in so many ways. And yet, one comment from a woman, one positive encouragement from a woman is more powerful than all those other comments from other men. And this is very true. I mean, ask a guy in relationship to his wife. You know, nobody encourages him more than his wife and ask, you know, um, ask kids about their parents and their grandparents, right? They get encouragement from mother. They get encouragement from father. Which one's more powerful? It's the mothers, that motherly encouragement. The only exception to that is obviously when it comes to the question of masculinity. When the question is, am I a man? That's a question that can only be answered for a man by other men, right? That, that, that doesn't come from the mother. But I'm talking about this encouragement, this inspiration. And women are the inspiration. They're the inspiration for so many things, right? They make life beautiful. They make the church beautiful. They make the home beautiful. That's all the doing of women. It's beautiful, and if you think I'm wrong, then explain to me all the poetry out there, right? Explain to me all the music out there. Almost always, it's about the inspiration of women. And in lots of ways, biblically good, healthy ways, and of course, sinful ways as well. But, but that point is true. 
And I guess what I'm saying is uh, the Bible speaks to this a lot. And so while God's design for women was not to be the elders and pastors and primary preachers and teachers, that isn't to say women don't have profound affect and influence in the life of the church. Right? Paul says to the older woman in Titus that she should be encouraging younger women and their children, right? And then he says to the the younger woman uh, that she should be encouraging her husband and her children as well there in Titus chapter 2. And you see this even played out in the life of, you know, stories like the kings. You have these kings who walk with the Lord, whose father did not walk with the Lord or grandfather did not walk with the Lord. And you're like, how is it that they broke that trend of doing evil, right, of not walking with the Lord. And what you find out is almost always in those stories, they had a godly mother or grandmother who ultimately brought them to the truth of God. And it was through their inspiration, through their encouragement in the truth and inspiring them towards the truth of God and the design of God for good. And so I would argue that a healthy church is only a healthy church because, or one of the aspects, I should say, of a healthy church is that they have godly women that are encouraging and um, inspiring the pastors and elders and the church at large to walk with the Lord, right? To seek after God, to seek after God's word, to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. And that is a beautiful thing to the degree that, you know, I'm, um, as a pastor, I get the opportunity to guest preach at churches a lot. And one of the things I look at is what are the hearts and attitudes and actions of the women in the life of the church? Because that's one of those big uh, barometers of what does the health look like in this church? What does the godliness look like in this church? And where you see women that are seeking after God and they are encouraging and inspiring the other women and the men and the children to seek after God, it is beautiful. It is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. And God gets all the glory. It's an amazing thing. It it really is an amazing thing. And it doesn't even stop there. I mean, the the roles women play and have played, even as you see them uh, flushed out in Scripture, there's just so much. I mean, women do so much for the glory of God per their design, right? They are obviously image bearers of God. We see in Genesis 1.27, they speak God's name, Genesis 16.21. They protect God's leaders, Exodus 2.2 is an example of that, right? Where they uh, save Moses. Um, they save God's servants, Jonah 2.15. They lead God's people in worship, Exodus 15.20-21. They prophesy to God's people about the truth of God. You see that so much in scripture, uh, Exodus 15, 20, Judges 4, 4, um, Luke 2, 36-38, Acts 2, 17. They deliver slash judge God's people. In Judges 4, 4, you see that. They kill tyrants, (laughs) Judges 4, 21. They write songs and sing God's praises. Uh, 
they receive God's promises and answer prayers. First Samuel uh, 1, 16 through 17, they raise kings. Second uh, Samuel 12, 24, they teach wisdom to kings. Proverbs 31, 1, they are clothed with strength and dignity. Proverbs uh, 31, 25, they prophesy and serve in the temple. Luke 2, uh, 36 to 38, they exercise great faith. First Kings 17, 15, Luke 1, 38. Okay, I mean, you get my point. I could go on and on with this. They recognize kings. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. They magnify the Lord. They experience redemption. They set an example for how we are to be devoted to Jesus. They serve and support Jesus. They witness and proclaim to the resurrection. They make disciples. They instruct preachers. They are co-workers of the apostles and servants of the church. They monitor pastors. They disciple the next generation. They are mothers. They are sisters in the church. They are equal in Christ. They are precious partners. They are co-heirs of grace. They are hosting. They host churches in their houses. They are hospitable. They pray and prophesy in the church. They are leaders in the church in the the ways in which God designed them. Uh, they are worthy of honor. They are co-laborers in the gospel work, and they ultimately are and reign in the presence of Christ. All of that, that's just my list of things I've come up with that we find women doing in in healthy and constructive ways in the church. And you see it played out and it is beautiful. It is the women who are organizing all the food stuff. It is women who do primarily all the decorating and making the church beautiful and preparing for the various events and keep that all on track and organized. It is the women who tend to recognize birthdays and anniversaries and remember all that kind of stuff. It's the women who serve other women in the process of birth and uh, celebrating that birth with parties and baby showers and cooking food for the families and taking care of husbands and kids while wives are sick or have surgery or have babies or recover or you know, on and on. You can literally go on with this forever. There's so much they do and so many ways they serve and it is so beautiful. And even to the degree that, you know, even in scripture, they are called out in positive ways as good examples and and good encouragement for all their service in the life of the church. And I've seen and I've known these women that are just so amazing and so godly. I think of um, my spiritual sister in Christ, Susie Scott, beautiful, wonderful old lady who lived well into her 90s, wonderful saint, just loved people. And the joy of the Lord was just evident in her all the time. You never heard her complaining. You never heard her saying negative things. You never heard her arguing or fighting or causing issues with other people. And even when she was on her deathbed, I got the opportunity to go uh, visit her as a, a pastor to encourage her, to encourage her family. And when I was there, she was asleep 
and I was talking to her daughter-in-law and her daughter-in-law said, I never have heard her say a negative word about anyone ever. I mean, think about that. That is powerful, especially when you consider the folklore of mother-in-laws and typically what people say about mother-in-laws. And here she is saying, I never heard her say a negative word about anyone ever. I mean, wow. Just wow. Now that is an inspirational, godly woman. One that just lifts up and encourages. I think of another one, uh, Joyce Barnett. Joyce Barnett was one of the greatest prayer warriors I have ever known in my entire life. She would pray and pray and pray for hours and weeks and days and never would give up on a prayer until she saw the Lord move and the Lord do his work. And that didn't mean always that everything went the way she was praying it would go. But she would keep on praying, keep on seeking the Lord on behalf of everyone. And she wanted everyone to be saved. She wanted everyone to come to know the glory of Christ. And she would tell anyone who would listen about the the beautiful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And literally, she was such a prayer warrior that everybody would go to her when you had a prayer request. You would go to her. You wanted her to pray for you. Because first of all, you knew that she would not give up. She would pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And if you asked her to pray about something, she would write it down and she would pray about it days after day after day after day for hours. And not just that, but she would pray for you. And she would come and tell you that she is praying for you for this or that or the other thing or or the Lord's growth. It was always about the Lord's growth in your life in some way, you know, that you would come to be, uh, that you would find a godly wife and you would come to be a godly husband and you would seek after the Lord all the days of your life or uh, even to get over fear, the fears that hold us back from our growth as God would have for us, for our good and for God's glory. And she would pray about all those things and she would pray and just love and care and serve. And even in her 90s, she would go to the nursing homes to encourage and cheer up and share the gospel with what she called the old people. And those old people were younger than her most of the time. And yet she had just such a heart for the Lord and was just such a godly woman. And, you know, even thinking about these stories now, I can't help but smile. Uh, Because they were just such wonderful, godly women. And I think of more examples than that. Joanne Buzzard is another one. Just another godly saint who lived into her upper 80s, almost 90s. And just loved the Lord and served the church and served anyone ever. Another one is Addie Anderson. Another old lady who was so hospitable, who just loved to serve. She loved to make food. She loved to host. She loved to just allow the the space for God's word and God's glory to be proclaimed. And 
made you feel loved, made you feel warm, made you feel wanted and accepted and drawn in and just such a beautiful, beautiful, dear saint. And all of these women were wives, they were mothers, they were sisters in the church, and they cared about everyone and they loved and they encouraged you by their life, by their actions, by their words, by their attitudes to seek the Lord so that you would grow, so that you would see God, so that God would be glorified. And I could go on and on and on. And obviously, this podcast has to end at some point. But I I want to say all of this because I want women to understand not only, I know we've argued that the Bible is not sexist and you can go listen to those episodes and, and we've argued for God's good design in church leadership and you can go listen to those episodes and we've argued that God's good design works against our natural sin nature that, you know, if uh, by sin nature men will always be passive and choose not to step up and choose not to take responsibility and choose not to lead, but and and women by nature sin nature are often motivated to control uh to t- to step up and to take responsibility and so part of god's design is simply working against our own sin nature but but god's design is still beautiful and it's still good and that's not the only reason god designed things the way he did he didn't design them in response to sin it's just amazing that god's good design works against our natural sin nature And then, of course, it has good godly purpose. So you can go listen to all those episodes. But in this one, all I wanted to say is I want want any women listening to this to understand that you are massively valuable in the life of the church, that you are massively necessary in the life of the church. And we're not joking when we say that without women, the church does not work. Without women, nothing happens. Without women, we would be in dire straits. And that's absolutely true. And so understand, ladies, that when you hear these egalitarians or you hear these cultural warriors or these feminists out there saying God's good design is anti-woman or destructive to women or the Bible hates women or the Bible is sexist or the, you know, the patriarchy wants to take you down and wants to subjugate women, and all of this is about that men's domination over women, understand that that's not true, that none of that is true, that God's good design is the best for women, and also understand that we need women to fulfill all the many amazing roles that God has made and designed and equipped and empowered women to do And they have this profound influence in a way that no man ever will and no man ever could because that's not God's design. And when used for God's glory, then the home thrives and the church thrives and people are drawn to this marvelous and amazing gospel of our profound Savior and God who is just unbelievably amazing.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Faith Unpacked podcast. We're so thankful for your time. We hope and pray that these encourage your faith and walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can find them on our website at faithunpacked.com. We'd also invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting site. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on social media, or you can send us an email at faithunpacked at gmail.com. And we invite you back next time as we continue to unpack our faith together.